the volume. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The 3 and Out podcast is presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. There is no better place to bet every moment more than with FanDuel. With football ending... We have the NBA rolling, March Madness right around the corner, and my personal favorite, betting on the PGA Tour. I cannot recommend it enough. You get winnings fast, and winnings are also delivered in under two hours. It's a fun to combine multiple bets from the same game parlay. No big deal. NBA, Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, that would be what I would do. If you are new, just download the FanDuel app. To get started now, sign up with promo code Colin so they know we sent you. What is going on, everybody? John Middlecoff, go low pod. Even though we got a lot, Russell Wilson traded. Aaron Rodgers returning to the Green Bay Packers. A lot going on, but it's also the Players Week. And uh, it doesn't get any better. The biggest purse in the history of the PGA Tour, $20 million. $20 million. Have some thoughts on that. Have some thoughts on uh, last week, the Arnold Palmer, you know, the conditions. A lot of people were complaining. I, you know, I loved it. And I think from a gambling, from an entertainment perspective, it doesn't get any better when there's just chaos. Now, would it be really hard to play? We'll we'll dive into that. But a lot of players were complaining. Uh, I liked it. And then some other stories. Tigers going to the Hall of Fame. Bryson DeChambeau out this week. Will we ever see him again on the PGA Tour? We feel like we will, but I, I don't know. You know, it's just, it gets a little more concerning by the week anytime he doesn't show up. And uh, I, Jay, Jay Monahan, the PGA Tour commissioner, you know, no commented on the Saudi League. I, you know, I, I wouldn't say that he, it's officially over, but he, he at least won the battle. Now, did he win the war? I don't know, but he, but he handled the battle pretty, pretty well. At Golopod, at Golopod is where we do all the golf content. So subscribe to that on Instagram, at Golopod, and also the mailbag. If you want to get your question answered here on the mailbag, go to at Golopod. Slide up into those direct messages, get your question answered. If you're listening, greatly appreciate it. Share it with your friends. Obviously, it's a football podcast. We're going to be doing golf content as well. So if you like golf stuff, you know other people that like golf stuff, share this. Uh, share the Golo, uh, the entertainment that uh, I'm attempting to provide to your eardrums. But really quick, on the player specifically, we have Jason Sobel who comes on every week talking about gambling. He'll be on a bit, little bit later and you'll hear, I love John Rahm this week. And my, my, my thought process on this is simple. I think John Rahm, when it's all said and done, will go down as one of the greatest players in the history of the game. Well, to do that, you have to win a lot of golf tournaments. And I heard Pat Perez last week, he was on with Colt Dost and Sleaze on their podcast, Golf Subpar. And he talked about he plays with John Rahm at Silverleaf 
Country Club in Arizona. They, they both live in, in Scottsdale, where I would where I would love to not only live and be a member, hopefully here in the near future. And he mentioned that John Rom told him a long time ago that I, I, I'm not in this for the money. He's already super rich. I'm not in this for the fame. I'm in this to try to win 19 majors. I'm in this to become a legend. Well, part of becoming a legend is rattling off some big boy tournaments. He was the best player in the Ryder Cup, though his team lost. But it was clear he dominated. Beside when Scotty Scheffler beat him, and it looks like Scotty Scheffler's now won two of the last three tournaments. Google Scotty Scheffler's winnings. They have not played the majors. They have not played the players. And he already has made $5 million. Scotty Scheffler getting awfully rich this season. But John Rahm, who's ball-striking statistics this year, off the tee, distance off the tee, tee to green, and greens hit, all either lead the PGA Tour or a top three or four. There is no one in the game of golf who is playing better tee to green than John Rahm. He's the number one player in the world for a while, for a reason. Now, Colin Morikawa was right on his... His heels. John Rahm has not putted well this year, which is a problem. But John Rahm has proven before many times that he can putt. And his short game is more than serviceable. I have a large, sizable wager on John Rahm. The conditions are going to get weird this weekend. Rain, cold, I don't give a shit. The cream should rise. I don't like, I love John Rahm this weekend. And to me, this is a type moment where John Rahm, if he's going to be the player we become, he has a season where he wins the players and maybe he wins two majors. That's how you become a legend. Like, Mark Howe's already won two majors. He's got one more than John Rahm. And now everyone's picking him to win the players. Like, is it really just going to be this easy? Is, is Colin Morikawa going to fly by John Rahm and become the number one player in the world? We're about to find out. I, I know my gut and part of it, and I tell Sobel this, is value. John Rahm has consistently been 7-8-1 to one every single week which is insane odds for a guy that hasn't been winning that much. But, you know, he's you know great player. The odds are like Tiger level. Not quite. Tiger used to be like 3-4 to 1. But you get 8 to 1, like that's, I haven't bet him. You put the odds 12 to 1, 14 to 1, basically double, I'm in. I'm in. This is his moment. I like John Ron this weekend. Uh, can also have a little bit on Kepka and on Xander Shoffley to top 5. This is, the horses are coming out to play this weekend. This ain't the weekend for the ponies. The secretariat's walking through that door. $20 million. The winner of the players gets $3.6 million. Second place gets $2.18 million. Third place gets $1.38 million. The irony of Phil Mickelson talking about the greed and the tour kind of fucking everyone, it's proven to be a little bit of BS. The amount of money all these guys are making right now playing golf is absurd. And it's only going to get bigger moving forward. And listen, I like golf more than any other sport besides football. But like golf ain't quite the NBA or baseball just historically yet. And it's starting to pay out money that they've never, ever sniffed. And Tiger hasn't played a tournament now in over a year. It ain't like he's their carrier. Hell, they're, you could argue their biggest star just in terms of name recognition, Bryson DeChambeau. We haven't seen him all year. So the, the, the PGA where they're headed, the money they're giving out. This sport is now, it's been big business, but it's becoming huge business for tour players. So it's going to be fascinating to watch this week. People get tight because of the amount of money, the pressure on the line this weekend. I, I don't think we're going to see that many randoms in the mix. Now, sometimes when weather gets weird, it neutralizes you know the top players. It, it makes the field a little wider. 
right? If it's hard, firm, and fast, random guys aren't going to be in the mix. The cream's going to rise. The best players are going to be near the top, right? The Roms, the Morikawas, the Xanders, the Cantleys, those type guys. Sometimes you get rain, you get some wind, you could add some players to the mix. Though, it's pretty clear the difficulty of this tournament, the pressure now involved with the money in this tournament, uh, I think it's really going to separate. I will be stunned if we see more than like one random name near the top 10. Now, when you look historically, like I have a bet on on Jordan Spieth to be in the mix. And Jordan Spieth has not played here, played well at this tournament. But historically, a lot of guys win this tournament and then miss the cut the next year. When you look at all the top players, Justin Thomas, Jordan Spieth, Patrick Cantlay, all these guys have missed the cut at the players. So this is not, this is, it's not the fifth major. It's the players championship. It's completely separate. But, you know, you could argue they're really, in my mind, three majors. Augusta, the U.S. Open, and I call it the British Open. Then there's the PGA, which to me, the PGA and the players are very, very similar. Right? But usually at the PGA, like the players, the top dogs come to play. And I'm very, very excited for this tournament. I I wish it was just good weather. You could add wind, but I wish it was sunny, uh, firm, fast. And uh, I'm excited to watch. But again, I I like John Rahm, and I like John Rahm big this weekend. One, I wouldn't say it was controversial, but any time that you get a tournament that is very, very difficult, two things happen. The players complain, and, you know, sometimes, you know, listen, if you're playing, like, have you ever played a tough golf course? It's easy to bitch and moan. It sucks, even if you're a random average player, you're a 10 handicap, when you have no chance at par. And when you're a good pro, when you have no chance at birdie and holes that should be parable a bogey, you feel pretty good, it's going to piss you off. So I never blame players in the heat of the moment for complaining. It's like after you lose as an NFL player, as a basketball player, if I have to talk to the press 15 minutes after the game, like I understand emotions are running high. I remember Gary St. Jean used to tell me, he used to be the head coach of the Sacramento Kings, and he was a GM for a while, he worked for the Warriors. He's like, one thing I'd always do is after a game, win or loss, but specifically after a bad loss, I'd slam a beer. And it would just take a little pressure off me because I know I have to get in front of the cameras and I might say something stupid. And a lot of guys obviously last week complained, Rory specifically. And Rory mentioned, I saw at the players, he said, you know, a lot of guys in the clubhouse on Sunday were drinking. And it wasn't a ceremonial drink. It was drinking our sorrows away because how hard it was. Even though John Rahm, this is kind of why I like him next week, said, not only will I be back, I enjoyed playing like this. I know as a viewer and as a consumer, and let's face it, we pay the bills. I say it all the time. Fans pay for everything involved with pro sports. Without the fans, there is no business model. It's just a high-level game of YMCA. Or it's a high-level skins game. That's what it is. As a viewer and as someone that had money on guys like Gary Woodland, who had Billy Horschel to top 10, who had different bets out there, I find it very, very enjoyable to watch guys struggle. Gary Woodland had a stretch where he eagles 16, takes the lead, the next hole he double bogeys to fall back a one shot behind the lead. That, to me, you do not get at the majority of non-major tournaments because most of them, it's just a birdie fest. And as a gambler, When you have a guy in a birdie fest, it's hard to come back. You don't see that many guys get double bogeys. 
You don't see that many guys have devastating hit it out of bounds or hit it in the water down the stretch. But at the Arnold Palmer, where it was impossible to keep the ball in the fairway because they were concrete, you know, they, they were basically concrete. The Greens, who as Harry Higgs said on the No Land Up podcast, are dead. And he basically meaning they're rock hard. You cannot hold the greens. And then the rough, and I, I think a lot of the media elites that cover golf, like the best part about where I stand, I'm not too close to the game. I'm looking at it strictly from a fan, someone who loves the game, and someone who loves playing the game, and loves gambling on the game. I like the high rough. Because when you have the slopes where you just basically have a second cut, a.k.a. the fringe, like Riv does, and you can just roll off the green... I find it much more, it creates much more chaos with nine inch rough. Yeah, it stops the ball immediately when it leaves the fairway or leaves the green, but then it's a very, very difficult chip. And that creates chaos. That creates maybe a bogey turns into a double. We saw it all the time. Now, their sand at the Arnold Palmer clearly sucks. And Azinger mentioned on the broadcast, like ultimately, Arnold Palmer always wanted to get a U.S. Open at Bay Hill. He never got one, and he never will. Obviously, he's long gone, but Bale's never going to have it. But they set it up. They manipulate it, which I got no problem with. I enjoy watching something different. In college, in the NFL, we see so many teams win a game in the NFL 35 to 30. In college, 48 to 44. That's fun. Every once in a while, it's fun to watch a bunch of touchdowns, right? No defense play, just touchdown, 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 big play, big play, big play. I'm a sucker for... A 17-14 NFL playoff game. The SEC championship game where every yard is contested. I enjoy that. Just like I enjoy watching a golf tournament, I don't mind watching some golf tournaments 19-20-21 under win it. And you're, you know, you're shooting 30 on the back nine on Sunday. And a lot of guys are shooting you know, 31-32. Everyone's going under par. That's, that happens a lot. We're used to seeing that. Just like in football now. We're used to seeing a lot of touchdowns. I like a curveball. I like knowing that minus five might win this thing. That if you just shoot, I had money on Taylor Gooch. Taylor Gooch on the front nine who went into Sunday winning the golf tournament. Winning the golf tournament. I was going to win two grand if Taylor Gooch won the tournament. He shot 43 on the front nine. If you shoot 43 in basically any tournament, beside maybe the U.S. Open if you have a lead, in all season long, you have no chance probably to top 10. You're done. You're going to plummet. Yet he birdies a couple holes early on the back nine, and he's two shots behind the leaders. It's like, God, Taylor Gooch is not dead. I don't mind that. And honestly, I think a lot of fans, I got a lot of DMs that are like, this is kind of cool. It's fun to watch the best players in the world occasionally look like us. And listen, I saw a lot of people like the average, you know, scratch handicap, or, you know, scratch golfer or two handicap or five handicap would shoot 100. We get that. Uh, we, we cannot comprehend how hard that golf tournament would be. I, I, I can watch some of these holes, these crazy ass dog legs with, with lakes everywhere. I would not want to play there, <clears throat> right? I mean, it, most of us would not. It would be impossible. But these top players can literally play any course in the world and shoot 68 with their eyes closed. It's cool to watch them shoot 75, 76 occasionally. Because sometimes on our best days, we shoot 75, 76. You know, if you're a four handicap like me, I know we got some good golfers listening. We had some guys that would die to shoot 76, 77. But it's, I find it enjoyable every once in a while 
to watch several guys, the majority of the guys, the average scoring to be 76. Even if, yeah, they're manipulating a little bit. I'm cool with that. I don't want to watch that every weekend, but if it's going to happen once or twice a year, non-major, count me in. I think it's Wednesday night. Tiger Woods, shocker, is entering the Golf Hall of Fame. You probably could have put Tiger in the Hall of Fame in like 2001. So he's been Hall of Fame eligible. Uh, I I don't know literally what the golf rules are, but he was a Hall of Famer by the time he was like 25 years old. Listening to the Stevie Williams podcast, Chasing Majors, he won back-to-back majors in 2000, the U.S. Open and the British Open at St. Andrews by a combined 22 shots. He won two majors in a row. Obviously, he won four straight majors. But, you know, the Masters, I think he only won by a couple shots in 01. And the uh, the PGA, he either won in extra holes or he won on hole 18 on Sunday. But he won back-to-back majors, Pebble Beach and St. Andrews, by a combined 22 shots. I feel very, very confident in the history of golf moving forward. We will never see a player win back-to-back majors by 22 shots. I would actually put... $100,000 on that right now. I would cut a check. $100,000, boom. We will never see that again because it's never going to happen. That to me, he has a lot of great accomplishments. I mean, hell, his first U.S. amateur, Tiger Woods, happened at TPC Sawgrass. I, I tweeted it out on Monday night and he's down six shots. You know, you play 36 holes in the U.S. amateur in the final round. He was down six shots, came back, ended up taking the lead on hole 17. It was This was 1994. I do believe TPC Sawgrass, like Tiger was famous as a two-year-old, right? He went on television. People knew about him in the golfing world. But in 1994, when he won the U.S. Amateur, I think he might have been a senior in high school, might have been his freshman year in college. I'm pretty sure it was a senior in high school. Because I think 95, 96 were his two years at Stanford. I might be off on the timeline. Maybe it was his freshman year in college. But I think that is when the legend and the mystique of Tiger Woods began. Obviously, he would go on to win two more U.S. Amateurs. Uh, but winning that, he takes the lead on hole 17, the, the famous par three, knocks in a putt from the rough, or I mean the fringe, that easily could have gone in the water. He was six down, he went one up, and then he won hole 18. He hugs Earl Woods. Brent Musburger, who was working for ESPN at the time, you know, is the biggest comeback in the history of the U.S. Amateur at the time. I, I would imagine it still is. And kind of giving the layout of Earl Woods, who was a multiple time, multiple tours in Vietnam, was a Green Beret, one of the guys that he served with, whose nickname was Tiger. He named Tiger after. Earl Woods had not talked to Tiger, who he knew since they left Vietnam. It's crazy because technology in the 70s and 80s, like if you don't have a guy's phone number, there's no such thing as emails. <laughs> you know, there's no like, uh, there's no Googling them. You just lose touch with people. And now, you know, almost 30 years later, Tiger's entering the Hall of Fame. And I, I do think it's pretty cool that he's having his daughter intro- introduce him, you know, and and Sam and Charlie, you know, part of, you know, it, it, it sucks in a way for them that when you're as famous as Tiger are, is, you know, your kids become so famous, they didn't necessarily ask for it. Uh, and Charlie's going to be, you know, I'll be shocked at minimum if he's not like a mini tour player. I mean, he's going to, He'll probably end up going to Stanford. Well, I can see him at the SEC. I can see Florida, Georgia, Alabama. Uh, I, I can see Tiger keeping him in, in the SEC country. But Stanford's a pretty special place. 
but yeah, it's a, it's a pretty cool moment. Bryson, like I mentioned, I mean, not playing in this tournament, obviously didn't play last week, defending his championship. You know, match play is in a couple weeks at Austin Country Club. Who knows if he's going to show up there? You know, Augusta's you know, basically March Madness starts next week. So March Madness, you're four weeks away from the final four. And then the week after the final four, Jim Nance always goes final four masters. So we're not very far away. And if this guy can't stay healthy, I mean, are we going to see Bryson DeChambeau again? Are we ever going to see him on the PGA Tour? Who knows? It's it's a little bizarre. And then last but not least, the the commissioner, he just wouldn't comment on the Saudi. And I just, you know, who knows? It's just, it's going to be a topic as long as Phil's missing. I mean, are, are we going to end up seeing Phil at, he's the defending champ at the PGA Championship, and that's in a couple months. But he's won, he's won Augusta several times. They have this little thing, as anyone that's listening to this and knows golf knows, called the Champions Dinner. And uh, pretty sure champions don't usually miss that dinner. So if Phil misses the Masters, that would be the first like, whoa, this is this has gotten pretty weird. This has gotten pretty crazy. And I, I would say that's on the table right now. I don't, I don't think Phil by any means is a lock to be seen again. Now, like I said, Jay Monahan would not comment. Unlike like the NFL, Calvin Ridley bets on the NFL uh, which you can't bet on your own sport. Like if it ever came out that, yeah, I guess it would be a little different golf if like, uh, you know, Patrick Cantlay bet on himself. Like, of course, he's there's no spread to cover. He's just betting on himself, the top five or top 10 or to win. But he, you know, the NFL announces like Calvin Ridley has been suspended a year. In golf, they don't announce. You know, Dustin Johnson got suspended. They didn't announce it. So if Phil's suspended, they're not going to tell you. No, you would think that would leak, uh, but it hasn't yet. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. LinkedIn isn't just a job board. They help you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Did you know 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites? LinkedIn's the only one I use. On LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses Get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. LinkedIn is constantly finding ways to make the process easier. They even just launched a feature that helps you write job descriptions, making the process even easier and quicker. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash J-O-H-N. That's linkedin.com slash J-O-H-N to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. If you're an adult age 21 and older and use nicotine or tobacco, I want to tell you about an American-made success story in Black Buffalo's award-winning nicotine pouches. Black Buffalo's nicotine pouches are not owned by Big Tobacco. They're an independent company proudly built right here in the USA for 21 and over adult consumers. Black Buffalo was built by dippers with decades of smokeless tobacco use. 
They believed the market wanted tobacco alternative nicotine products that offered the best of both worlds. Bold flavor, full pouches. What are they made of? It's pretty simple. Cured edible green leaves, food grade ingredients, and pharmaceutical grade nicotine. Most importantly, there's no tobacco leaf or stem. All proudly made right here in the USA. So if you're 21 and older, consume nicotine or tobacco, and want to join the Black Buffalo Herd, head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. You can order nicotine pouches online, and they ship directly to most states. Or check out the store locator to purchase pouches at thousands of retail locations around the country. Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative. Bold flavor, full pouches. eBay Motors is here for the ride. You know what I remember about my first car? Is that the moment I got it, I wanted to improve it. Because like most 16-year-old kids, you don't exactly get a luxury automobile. So you look at it, you go, well, I need to add some speakers. I need to tint out the windows. I need to make this thing the coolest car possible so I can cruise around town with all my buddies, waving at the babes, and enjoy myself. So my favorite part of car culture when I was young was definitely the subwoofers in the back of the car. And uh, we built the boxes from scratch, had multiple 12-inch subs, and you could hear me coming from a long, long way away. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof racks, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, It's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Back at it again with with our guy, Jason Sobel. I'm going to start calling him Mr. Golf. Live from TPC Sawgrass right now. Uh, you can hear him every week, Monday through Wednesday, on the PGA Tour Radio Series, Channel 92. Love that channel. Uh, every uh, 2 to 4 Eastern. Also, links and locks from the Action Network uh, Golf Podcast. You can also find his, every single week, put it out early, uh, You know the, the betting guide. The betting guide for the biggest purse in PGA Tour history, the players just... Quick, what's it like there right now? What's the what the buzz? Jay Monahan talked today. Obviously, you know, a lot going on there in PGA Tour world, right? There's a whole lot going on here. We had Justin Thomas, Colin Morikawa, Rory McIlroy, and John Rahm come through uh, this, this media center. Which you know, peel back the curtain. I can even uh, I can even show you a little bit. There's a uh, at the front of the room a a podium up here. If I can get the camera right, and so. They can. Uh, we we bring the guys into the po- into the uh, interview room here and, and can speak with them right here in the media center. So, uh, what, the one thing that's uh, really struck me with the four players that's co- that have come in so far, not like we didn't know this at all, John, but uh, just such bright, uh, intelligent, informative, opinionated guys. Uh, you know, all with different opinions too. Um, you know, certainly Rory and John Rob didn't agree on course conditions and setup for Bay Hill this past week, but all really good speakers. And then Jay Monahan, of course, PJ Tour Commissioner, came in as well. Uh, 
before we get into the gambling, obviously the weather. Uh, you're a Florida guy. It feels, you know, the weather in Florida can be weird any time of year, but we got rain, thunderstorms, and then, uh, you know, the weather guys aren't always right, but it's supposed to be cold, especially on the weekend. Does that impact, you know, you could argue the best players play the best, you know, regardless of conditions, but do you look at it a little differently knowing that it's not going to be a 75-degree weekend? So I look at this tournament, John, and, and this golf course, TPC Sawgrass, is one that tests all aspects of a player's game. And I think it's very appropriate that this week we're going to see maybe conditions that test all aspects of a player's game because we're supposed to get some thunderstorms rolling through here Thursday and Friday. It's going to be wet. It's going to be muddy. Uh, you know, it's certainly going to be um, not, not necessarily windy, but just uh, some rain coming down throughout those two days. Then on the weekend, all of a sudden, it dries out, gets much cooler low to mid 50s and the wind is supposed to gust up to 35 40 miles an hour and it's really going to change really going to be much different i think though from a betting perspective what that does is leave open some potential live bets for the weekend that could be very very valuable we saw just last week scotty scheffler he was way back i believe eight shots back nine shots back going into the weekend at bay hill and he was able to go out there and play some really good golf on the weekend uh, when a lot of other guys were falling back to the pack. So I think we could see something similar if the weather does indeed do what it's forecast to do this week. Okay, uh, the Players' Championship. I I like the number one player in the world. You like the number two player in the world. Uh, I I don't necessarily think you can go wrong taking either guy, but let's let's start with Colin Morikawa. Uh, Doing my own little research, course history hasn't necessarily meant good or bad for any player uh you know often guys win this tournament and then miss the cut the following year so talk talk me into Colin Morikawa who's played this tournament once correct and uh, now granted he's played this golf course many times you know he's the betting favorite uh him Justin Thomas and John Rahm you know kind of all right there in the mix at 12 13 11 somewhere depending on where you look why do you like Colin Morikawa this weekend Yeah, first of all, John, we always say shop around in the different books out there because uh, they might have different prices. This week, wildly different prices in some of the books out there. I've seen John Rahm as the favorite. I've seen Justin Thomas as the favorite or co-favorite. I've seen Colin Morikawa as the favorite. So you definitely want to shop around for those prices. I look at Morikawa and I see a player, just like I said a minute ago, where this course, this tournament, tends to test every aspect of your game. Well, Colin Morikawa ranks number one on the PGA Tour in total strokes gained this season, number one in the all-around category, which is one that I like looking at because, quite frankly, it's exactly what it sounds like. It shows which players are the most well-rounded, which players don't really have any sort of... any sort of deficiencies in any specific category. And so uh, that's Morikawa right now. I think he's trending in the right direction. You throw in the fact that he doesn't tend to shy away from big events when he's in contention coming down the stretch, as we've seen over the last few years early in his career. And so he is my favorite. But like you said, I know you're on John Rahm this week. Uh, I ain't going to talk you out of it. If you like John Rahm this week, he's certainly capable and certainly worthy of having this trophy come Sunday evening. Well, I think there's two things I look at with John Rahm. One, from a value standpoint, you know, he's consistently been this year 7-1, to one, and you and I have talked about that's non-Tiger, that's pretty nuts, right, in golf. But now if you can get him at 12, 14 to 1, it's basically the double the odds. And then when you look from a ball striking standpoint, number one in greens and regulation, number one in strokes gained, gained off the tee this season, number one in tee to green, number two in approach, number four in overall driving. Now, the putting, <clears throat> you know, ha- has been a little off, but 
<clears throat> is it fair to say that because he's hitting so many greens, you know, he's not chipping and getting up and down like some of these guys. So he's some of his putts are just a little bit longer. So the stats could be a little skewed. It's not like he's finishing 50th in these tournaments. I mean, he's top 20 in every tournament, multiple top fives. You you know, Pat Perez had comments last week saying that John Rahm, you know, is just on a mission to be one of the greatest players of all time and chase down these records. And, you know, we all thought he was going to have a big season. He's number one in the world. It just feels like, you know, it's he's been building momentum might be the wrong word, but he's had a good season. And, and this tournament, Augusta, the U.S. Open, like, he, you know, he came into the season like with a tiger mindset. And that's that's why I like him this weekend. What What's the buzz out there on the grounds when it comes to John Rahm? So, John, I've, I'm not one that's ever said from the time that John Rahm became a professional until now that uh, his temper, his uh, his fiery competitiveness would ever hold him back at all. I, I think you are who you are, and, and certain players uh, succeed as fiery guys. Other guys are more stoic, and, and it's just you, you can't. I think you get into a, a little bit of a problem as a professional golfer when you try to act a different way than from what your personality really is. So I have no problem that he's a fiery type of guy. What I've seen from John Rahman, like really the only very, very small thing uh, to get me off him just a little bit this week is the fact that it seems like week in, week out when he's playing, it, it seems like he's getting a little more frustrated than he has in the past. And yes, part of that is just his fiery nature, his competitive nature. And uh, he doesn't seem afterwards, to his credit, that the frustration carries with him, that, you know, he's frustrated in the moment, but he gets it kind of vented out there. And, and afterwards, he's like, yeah, that was fun. You know, I like a challenge. I, I like hard golf course. I like uh, having shots that aren't necessarily easy shots to hit. But it does seem like he's gotten a little bit more frustrated as of late. That said, I've got him certainly top 10 on my list this week. He's got a very high floor and a very high ceiling, which is a nice combination to have for any player. Beside Morikawa and Rom, which I think we'd probably both agree are in their own category right now of just <clears throat> the top two top players, regardless of the ranking, just they're, they're the two best guys clearly on tour. The next group of guys, the Cantleys, the the Xanders, the DJs, the Kepkas, the, the Spieths, just the big names who have the pedigree. I, I saw that you like Berger for, you know, a top five, top ten of that group. You know, who do you feel confident on coming into this? Maybe not to win it, but see good value either as a top five or top ten. Yeah, I mean, a few of those names I like. You mentioned Daniel Berger. I, I know he's coming off two weeks ago having the 54-hole lead at the Honda Classic and finishing in fourth place. Really disappointing final round at PGA National, but I still think his game is perfectly suited for this golf course. He's in good form. He should be able to bounce back from that. Sung J M tends to play some of his best golf in Florida. He was 20th last week at Bay Hill. A little bit disappointing on the weekend, but I expect him to have a really good one. Matt Fitzpatrick, we all know that he loves playing tough golf courses. He played really well on the weekend at API as well. If this weekend turns into as difficult as I think it could be with those wins coming through, Fitzpatrick is a guy that doesn't need to rack up 10 birdies on the weekend. He can make three birdies, four birdies on the weekend and maybe climb that leaderboard. He's another guy uh, that I do like. Cameron Smith is up there. I mean, there, there are a lot of names up there, and I, I use this tournament every year as sort of a litmus test. All right, let's get to this point in the year, and this is sort of maybe not a reward, but this is uh, a little bit of a uh, magnifying glass on uh, where players' games are right now. And I think the guys that have played well over the first couple of months of the year are the guys that we're going to see on that leaderboard this week. And, um, and the guys who haven't played well, uh, we're not going to see them. This is usually very much a reflection of form as much as anything else. 
Well, when you say weather, you know, I think a lot of people gravitate either toward the Euros or, or the Irishman. And, and Shane Lowry just a couple weeks ago was right in the mix. The irony is the weather kind of threw him off on, on hole 18. But, you know, he, he won the Open before just a couple years ago in pretty commanding fashion. He, you could argue his game is, you know, at a playing at a high level. Do you like him this weekend? Because I kind of do is just, you know, I wouldn't call him a long shot, but at the players, he's a long shot. Yeah, I like him. Um, you know, it's interesting. You're right, because anytime we say weather, some of the European names start popping out. People say, oh, well, if it's, if it's weather. Well, I, from everything that's forecast, like I said, we're going to have completely different kinds of weather. It's going to be hot, then it's going to be rainy, and it's going to get muddy, and it's going to be damp and wet, and then all of a sudden it's going to cool off, and the winds are going to come through. I mean, we're going to get a little bit of everything here, and so just saying, well, so-and-so likes playing in weather, it's going to be a specific kind of weather and so uh, yeah you would think a guy uh, from from Northern Ireland you'd think a guy uh, from from uh, the UK who who might play better in you know wet conditions and windy conditions and colder conditions but quite frankly I don't put too much stock in that that was maybe a good notion 20 25 years ago when these guys essentially lived in the same places where they grew up now everybody lives in florida or arizona or texas or you know california so these guys have been around the world they all know how to deal with the conditions so uh, again i just i don't put too much stock in that um you know we look at over the first couple of days rory mcelroy is he's he's great when it's soft and damp and uh, he can go out there and fire at flag sticks, but as we saw this past weekend, the wind starts blowing, and for a Northern Irishman, he tends to not perform as well in those windy conditions. So uh, I think it's going to go back and forth a little bit. I I would give a little bit more credence to those who just play well in tough conditions, and I do think, like I keep saying, th- this weekend's going to be a lot tougher than I think most people uh, realize coming into this one. Well, then I got a name for you, and this guy does not have good course history here, but when you th- talk about things getting weird, and he's <clears throat> in good form this season, Jordan Spieth, you know, 50 to 1, you can get him as a top 5 at about 10 to 1. What are your thoughts on Spieth? Yeah, I'm starting to like it. Uh, I'm starting to get in on Spieth a little bit. Um, feels like he's ramping up towards something good. That said, he's played this event I th- seven or eight times, tied for fourth in his Has first, gone well. uh, his first time playing it, and since then, it it has not been good and so you just wonder uh, is there something about the course that doesn't quite fit him you look at it and you say All right, he's a good ball striker I mean this this should be one that he should play well and again there aren't a whole lot of course horses here we look at a guy like Adam Scott Sergio Garcia who've been playing here for 20 years and okay they've got a little of that course history but other than that there just aren't a whole lot of players who continually play well at TPC Sawgrass year after year. So uh, maybe the key is looking at players who haven't yet played their best golf on this golf course and taking those guys to sort of reverse the trends. And Jordan Spieth certainly fits that profile. What about Phil Mickelson as a long shot? Oh, that's an extremely long, long shot. Jay Monahan just said a little while ago, I'm sitting here on Tuesday and he was in the in the press room about an hour ago, speaking about Phil Mickelson, said the ball's in his court. And even though he likes transparency, he won't be transparent on whether there were any sort of uh, disciplinary measure towards Phil on why he's not here this week. I, I might ask you this every week, but, uh, you know, he's a Augusta. He's won it several times. He's the defending PGA Championship. I mean, what percentage do you say we see him at those events? 50 how about a solid 50 right now? I have absolutely no idea. 
I, I don't know what's going on with Phil. I don't know what Phil's thinking. I don't know what Phil's feeling. I, I think at some point this tends to blow over. We've already had guys like Rory McIlroy come out and say, all right, he said stuff. It was stupid. It's over with. Let's move on. And so at some point, I think we do move on. It's just a matter of Phil taking that next step and saying, okay, I'm going to come out into the public spotlight. I'm going to deal with all the media questions. And now I'm going to go out and play some golf again. So yeah, it could certainly happen next month at Augusta, or it could happen sometime later down the road. I mean, if he doesn't play Augusta, does he not show up for the PGA Championship where he's the defending champion? I, I just don't really see that happening. But again, I have absolutely no idea. What about uh? I'll get you out of here on this. What about Mister Long Drive? Obviously, he you know he's injured, and you know it, it felt like he might show up, and then he pulled out. You know, I guess in a couple of weeks, the big there's a big payout for the match play. It's it's in the events in Texas, and then Augusta is not too far away after that. I mean, is do people truly believe it's just the injury, or is it still like you know he's like Phil? He's kind of going back and forth. I think it's just the injury. He has told reporters that big things are coming for him very, very soon. I don't know if we're supposed to read more into that or if he's trying to predict a, a Masters win for himself or, or whatever it might be, but uh, he keeps maintaining that he will be back very, very soon. Again, I mean, you know, we keep guessing as to some of these returns and when they might happen and where they might happen, but uh, your guess is probably as good as mine with Bryce, and I've heard inklings that maybe he, if he's healthy enough, tries to go play Tampa next week, but I, I can't imagine that if he wasn't healthy enough this week, that he's going to be ready to go next week. Well, Sobel, enjoy the week. Uh, if you run into Rombo here in the next couple of days before Thursday, tell him your boy Middlecoff's got a large wager on him and he's ready to just, we'd like to win this thing by five or six shots if you make it easy. I will mention that to him. I'm sure he's very interested in, uh, in your wagers this week. I, it's funny, Colin Morikawa walked past me this morning on his way up to the uh, the press conference setting here and I was like... Okay, I'm just kind of eyeing him down, you know, like one of those cartoons where the guy on the deserted island is looking at his buddy like he's a big ham, you know, just kind of like, you know, yeah, you're looking pretty good over there, Colin. All right, so hopefully, hopefully, you know, at least one of us cashes something this let's, week. Let's, let's get it. Have a, have a good weekend, Sobel. Talk to you soon. Thank you. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. If you're an adult age 21 and older and use nicotine or tobacco, I want to tell you about an American-made success story in Black Buffalo's award-winning nicotine pouches. Black Buffalo's nicotine pouches are not owned by Big Tobacco. They're an independent company proudly built right here in the USA for 21 and over adult consumers. Black Buffalo was built by dippers with decades of smokeless tobacco use. They believed the market wanted tobacco alternative nicotine products that offered the best of both worlds. Bold flavor, full pouches. What are they made of? It's pretty simple. Cured edible green leaves, food grade ingredients, and pharmaceutical grade nicotine. 
Most importantly, there's no tobacco leaf or stem. All proudly made right here in the USA. So if you're 21 and older, consume nicotine or tobacco, and want to join the Black Buffalo Herd, head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. You can order nicotine pouches online, and they ship directly to most states. Or check out the store locator to purchase pouches at thousands of retail locations around the country. Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative. Bold flavor, full pouches. Okay, let's get some questions. Go Low Pod. Go Low Pod is the Instagram. Go Low Pod is the Instagram. Slide up into those DMs and get your question answered here on the show. Joe, from New York, longtime listener of the 3 and Out podcast, started listening to Go Low Pod right before the Phoenix Open and have enjoyed the content. Uh, I enjoyed the content for someone like myself who has been trying to play and watch more golf the past five years. Question for the pod. Since New York started allowing mobile sports books in January, such as FanDuel, this is my first year betting golf. I have sprinkled a few winners and top 10 bets the past couple tournaments and even took Hovland first round three balls only to see him lose that day to Horschel and catch fire the following day in uh, the Arnold Palmer. Do you prefer to stay away from first and second round player round bets or do you think it's worth playing that along with a winner or top 10 finish? Also, Great hit on the Woodland top five. I tailed you on that and made some money myself. Good shit. Gary Woodland's been playing great. I even sprinkled a little bit on Gary Woodland this week. Just $25 to win this tournament. Don't love him, but he's just been playing well. Uh, I have never done the two-round group betting. The only bets I've ever done in my life, I've done a lot of winners. I, I, I bet a lot of winners. When I love a winner, you know, I'll put $100, $200. But it's not like, let's say you bet $500 on an NFL game, and that, that's a lot of money. But, you know, or you bet $100 on an NFL game, you wouldn't necessarily do that on a golfer just because you got to beat 140 people. So betting outright winners is very, very difficult, right? We, we all know that. I have had a lot of success betting top fives and top tens. I hit Gary Woodland. I hit Billy Horschel. I hit Alex Noren the week before. Uh, it's much easier to hit if you feel good about a player. Like, ultimately, I love John Rahm this week. Betting him to outright win... John Rahm, when's the last time he won a tournament? I'll tell you, Torrey Pines, U.S. Open. To me, the smart play would be betting him to hit the top five. But I'm getting 14 to one. I put $350 on John Rahm. John Rahm wins his tournament, I win five grand. Like, I'm going big. <clears throat> but I also, I put 50 bucks on Xander Shoffley to top 10, or top five. I put some money on Brooks Kepka to top five. I bet top fives, top tens, and winners. I've, I've done the group betting for the week, like last week, I had Hideki to beat some people. He didn't. He ended up not beating uh, maybe Rory. He didn't beat a couple guys. <clears throat> maybe, maybe it was, I forget who he didn't beat. Uh, it was Hovland. Hovland was also in the group. I, I, I would never do a bet on just two rounds. I would do it over a four-round period. Now, sometimes your guy might miss the cut, but I, I, I would recommend going top fives and top tens. And, and maybe the specific group betting over four days. That's, that would be my bet. This weekend, I told my brother that Bill, Billy Horschel looks like Patrick Bateman on the PGA Tour. He thought that was funny enough for me to DM it to you. Just to be clear, I'm not accusing him of being a serial killer, but shit, the look, his mannerisms, tell me I'm wrong. We've been listening to all your content since the beginning. Love the pod. Keep stacking bills, not bodies. Uh, Billy Horschel has some Patrick Bateman vibes, for sure. 
If you need to Google it, just Google it. Now, if you've watched the movie, was that all a dream? Was he actually killing people? Or was that just something he dreamed? I've always wondered that. I've never exactly had the answer. But yeah, Billy Horschel is a different cat. As someone who's played with Billy Horschel, I asked him, I'm like, what's his deal? He just says he's an intense guy. And, you know, some people don't like him. Some people did. The guy that I talked to that's played with him on the PGA Tour liked him. Enjoyed his intensity. They just thought he was different, but in a good way. Uh, fan, enjoy the football talk as well as the golf chats. Suggestion, second golf pod Sunday nights after the tour wraps up. Your thoughts. Also, what major do you think Max Homa has the best shot of winning this year? One thing I might do, I have a YouTube channel, just John Middlecoff, just my own YouTube channel. I haven't posted to do in a while. Maybe after like the Players' Championship, the majors, I'll just go on the YouTube channel and just give some thoughts on uh, what just happened. Because I'm watching it. You know, I'm, I might as well do some content on it. So if you go to the YouTube channel, my own YouTube channel, John Middlecoff, subscribe to that. Maybe that is where I will start posting post-tour uh, event golf content on Sunday. Do you think the golf ratings are going to go up because people are able uh, to work from home? I know there's a growing love for the sport, but I feel like just being able to have the option to turn it on in the background highly contributes to being drawn in instead of starting to watch a tournament halfway through. That is a great question. I, I'm so biased and I'm so close to the sun. Like I watch so much golf. I'm not a great representation of like how great golf is. It's like asking me like how important football is. Now, I know because we all see the ratings, football's number one, but I tell you it's really important. But I tell you that if football was down, right? To me, golf feels really, really big. But I play it, I consume it, I talk about it. Uh, I, I think it has a chance. Now, if I take my emotion out of it, I do think its growth potential is extremely high. Because it's one of the one sports that us guys, and women too, but like, I have 99% guys listening to this podcast, football and the golf one, that can play when you're 40, 50, 60 years old. We are not able to play football at 45 years old. There's no, you know, I just had a great pickup game at a Jerry's World. That, that doesn't happen. Really, the only sport you can play pickup is pickup basketball. Even baseball, you're not playing fast pitch at 40. You might play some beer league softball, but that's not baseball. You can go play TPC Sawgrass. So this weekend, $20 million, the players, if if me and three people that are listening to this were like, hey, July, you want to play TPC Sawgrass? Now, it might cost us five, $600 or whatever. I don't know what the rate is to play there. It's probably not cheap. We'd go play it. Like, we, we can't go play at Lambeau Field. You know, we can't go play at Staples Center, or I guess Crypto.com, right? We can't go play at MSG, Shoe Baskets. But we can go play at Bethpage Black. We can go play, I mean, some private courses we won't be able to get on, but we can go play Pebble Beach. We can go play Pebble Beach. You know, what's, what's, the, what's the NFL equivalent for Pebble Beach? Lambeau? Like, there is no getting on Lambeau. Just a walk, let alone throw the football. So I, I think golf's growth is just is massive. Television ratings, I think it'll be something we learn as time goes on. <clears throat> Gary Woodland lost so much money on hole 17 and 18. Nothing like going eagle to take the lead and finishing double bogey. That hurt. Personally, I like betting matchups unless it's the Masters or something big. Do you think you could drop a 10-15 pod on Saturdays after the cut line has established and talk about guys you think will hold it together, and guys you think will fall apart. Maybe I should just put some golf content up on Fridays and 
Sunday nights after the tournament. So going in after the cut and then again Sunday. Maybe, maybe that's a lane that I could take advantage of. I might. I just have to do that on YouTube. The prop on the podcast, we got a football mailbag that comes out over the weekend, and then I got a football pod that comes out. Like ultimately, listen, I love golf, but <laughs> football is a lucrative venture to talk about. But I, I just got to put a place to put my golf content, and luckily, got YouTube channel. We got a lot of content places to go. What's your philosophy on practice swings? Do you take a few to get a feel, really hone in, and dissect how to play, or just say fuck it, I'm just hitting the ball? Right now, I've played like twice in 2022. So if I was playing, last time I played, I played like crap. You know, I'm a four, but I'm playing like an eight. And I shot 81 only because I made like three long putts on the back and a couple were birdies. I did not. I, I played like, I should have shot 88. It was terrible. I was taking practice swings like every hole. I could not get a feel. Now, when I'm in the summer and in the swing of things and I'm playing well and shooting 76, 77, 78, 79, but hitting the ball well... I, I just line up and swing. So to me, if I'm playing well, I, I'm like Kepka or DJ. Let it rip. If I'm not playing well, I'm I'm trying to find, even though I don't even know what I'm finding. But it, it feels like you know I'm I'm trying to I'm find trying to find that slot, I'm trying to find where my hands are. Even though I, I'm not Tiger Woods here, so it it to me it's all about how the game's going. If you're if you're hitting it well, get up there and let it rip. I hate slow players. Rory looking solid so far. Glad I tuned in yesterday while working in the yard. 65 in Indiana. Nice day. Do you watch the main feed or follow a group feed like Rory this morning when betting on a golfer? Uh, ESPN Plus, got to give him credit, has done a great job with golf. I usually watch, like, I'm recording this on Tuesday. So when I get up on Thursday morning, I would imagine the first group, you know, on the players goes out at like 7 a.m. Florida time. So we'll go at about 4 o'clock my time. I'm going to get up probably about 5 o'clock. And I'll come into my office. I'll make a cup of coffee. And I, I, I won't, I'll pretend to work. I'm going to have the players on. I will turn it on the main feed, usually. Because the main feed, especially early in the morning, they'll just cover the top guys. Now, when it comes to Friday like afternoon, you know, if they're not showing ROM, I'll probably just follow ROM. Now, this one might be unique. I might, maybe I'll just follow ROM. Because I have a, you know, he wins, I get $5,000. Last question. Bit of a fantasy hypothetical that might take some time to think over. If you could draft a lineup for 18 holes, number 1 through 18, what is your dream 18? So, for example, you can only pick a 12th hole once. So, 12 at Augusta is your 12th hole on the card. Another would be, like your 18th hole could be St. Andrews. What does your entire 18 come out to be? I'll be honest, my hole at Augusta would not be the 12th hole. Absolutely no chance my hole at Augusta would be a par 3. My hole at Augusta, and if it was going to be a par 3, it actually might be the 16th hole. But I think it would be the 13th hole would be my hole at Augusta. The 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 dogleg left par 5. Even though I, I don't play a draw, I play a cut. So it would actually be very... I'd have to rope draw a 3-wood. But I think it would be hole 13 or hole 15. I'd want to have a chance... It actually might be hole 15 because it's a straightaway par 5. Or maybe hole 18. I I think if I was going to do 18, the irony too of holes, most courses, you don't think about the front nine, right? Think about Pebble Beach. You think about hole 18. You know, uh, I guess on Pebble Beach, you would think about hole 6. Pebble Beach is unique. You do think about the front nine. But Augusta, you think about the back nine. 
You know, some of the U.S. Open courses, Olympic Club, you think about the back nine. Uh, Riv, I feel like you feel about the back nine too. Whole 10 at Riv, whole 18 at Pebble, whole 13 or 15 at Augusta, uh, whole 17 at TPC, uh, Scottsdale, short par four. It's a good question. I, I haven't played enough golf courses to know on personal experience, I'd have to ask some people. That, that's a that's a hell of a question. What's the my favorite hole at Olympic Club? Spyglass. I, yeah, I mean, I, I could put together a course. That's a, that's a good little one. I appreciate everyone again. Go low pod. Follow it on Instagram. Slide up into those DMs, and we'll keep the golf content coming. I I just might have to put up some golf tan, uh, content on my YouTube page Friday afternoon, Sunday. Now sometimes Friday, you know, I'm out. You know, rubbing elbows with the people, having having some brewskis. Uh, Sunday, always home. I'm working. Sunday's a, Sunday's a Monday here at the Middlecoff home. Uh, have a great weekend. Enjoy the golf. John Rom. So John Rom, uh, Xander Brooks to top five. Jordan Speed to top five. Uh, I have Alex Noren to top ten. Brian Harmon to top ten. And John Rom. We just need John Rom to win this bad boy. Talk to everyone soon. Peace. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are, with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash.